Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. I think he wants to go home. Home. Where is your home? Is that right? He knows where his home is. Well, where is his home? Dougie! Dad? Dad! Home. I got idea, man. You take me for a walk under the sycamore. The dark trees that blow, baby, in the dark trees that blow, and I. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaskin. Beside me, as always, Ben Durant. Ben, how are you? I'm doing all right. I can't believe it's over. I can't believe we've gotten through the return of Twin Peaks. The summer of Twin Peaks. Summer of Twin Peaks. I have so many emotions. I have mixed emotions. I have strong emotions. I don't know what to think half the time. Me too. But I think that's why we're here. And right. the community at large is going to help us make heads or tails of everything. And hopefully what we say today will help other people because they're lost as well. Right. And maybe they'll hear something we say and they can message us and that will help us understand what we were saying. Yeah. I think this is what's so beautiful about Twin Peaks. Definitely. And I think we might do the show a little different today. We might not focus exactly recap in order like we've done most of our shows. I think you can go see Diane's podcast probably and Barkwin 21 and those are great shows that would probably go more in order and structure. I I want to blow things up <laughs> and just start getting And into, put it back together. And put it back together. First, I'll just say, you know, just, just to say, Part 17, The Return, aired on September 3rd. The past dictates the future. And they also aired Part 18 that same night, and that was What Is Your Name? So, Brian, my first reaction, you know, a big fan for over 25 years. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yes. I think that I was, was actually the text message like, you sent me. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. WTF. I was like, I don't know if I was devastated, but I was, I, I had a, so many emotions. I was like, really? That's how we're ending this? And they didn't solve half the, the mysteries they put out there? And like, I had so many, I had anger, I had so many feelings. Mm. And I'm still kind of working through this. There's so much, it was a work of art, and there was so much things to love about it. And there's a lot of lost highway feel to it. And there was so Definitely. there were so many yeah, things yeah. that I do love about it. Yeah. But as a structure, as a story that they were telling, it was like, what? This is out of left field. <laughs> what is going on? 
And you actually went on the Red Room podcast, I think Monday. Yeah. Monday night, and I was invited as well, and originally I was going to do it. And I there was a couple of things. Two things. First thing, you know, my kids were going to school, mm-hmm. and the next day, and I knew that it was going to be a lot to get them ready for bed and get them ready yeah. for school. It was a lot. But then my other feeling was just like, I wasn't ready. I just mm. was not ready. I wanted to be in a place where I could kind of really look at the whole series and, and get a feel for it. I think it was good that you were there, and I think I recommend people go check out Red Room Podcast yeah, and see that it's a great panel. time. But I also thought it was kind of special in a way for me not to be there and to be able to share it right now with, with our audience. I agree, I agree. So I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off right now, and I'm going to I'm gonna tell you my theory or my feelings, my perspective about the whole series, the whole 18 parts. All right, let's hear and it, Ben. I'm excited. It's, it's corny, and people are like, so what? And I don't know. <laughs> So my feeling about the whole series is it's really a story about returning home. That I mean, that's corny. I feel like every single part you can see that these characters are talking about home. And of course, you got Dougie talking about home. Mm-hmm. You could look at Becky saying about how her husband hasn't returned home. And it's really... A, so what is home? Home is really... To me, home represents the idea of this comfort-loving environment. Mm-hmm. Something that Laura didn't have correct and so i i it's funny i i, I thought of, maybe partly scott ryan saying oh you know you guys had your panels like you didn't really need to have dougie 2.0 come back and go back to that family at the end like at the beginning of part 18 yeah but to me you did because you needed to show that idea of home and that somebody is being able to be reunite and have that loving thing it but, was payoff it was a kind of it was a, a payoff in some manner yeah but i really do think i mean I really think you could write an essay about this whole idea that it's all about home, about returning home. And, and it starts off with the fireman in part one talking about it's in our house. Is this in our And I now look at that as either A, it's Sarah Palmer possessed by another creature that has taken over the Palmer house. end with uh, Carrie and Cooper. That's who I, I mean, I really say it's Laura and, and, and Cooper mm-hmm. going to the house and it's not, it's somebody else. It's, a, it's another Tremon, which is still another spirit. It's like Laura still can't go home. Where are we going? We're going home. I don't know if you noticed it, but there's this mirroring of 17 and 18. You have Cooper holding Laura's hand, trying to get her away from being killed. Yes. Which he can't do. And you said it on Red Room Podcast. You can't change the past. Like, Correct. she had to die. Yes. She had to go through that horrible experience. He's taking her by the hand to try and save her, and then she disappears. And that, and they also cut between that they had shots with Pete Martell. And that was before he, he, he lost her. So it looked like, oh, if she hadn't been killed, here's Correct. what life would have been like. Correct. It didn't change history. His 
mystery still was. It was a same. what if scenario. It was a what if scenario. But in that, in that, those cuts between the whole, holding Laura's hand, you also had Sarah Palmer mo- moaning, and and that's where she was breaking the pitcher. Yeah. And you have that same moaning sound at the end of eighteen. So you have Cooper holding Laura's hand at the house. You have. Uh, the mo- moaning of Sarah Palmer, and then you have Laura screaming, and that happens on both 17 and happens in 18. So this mirror kind of thing mm-hmm. happening. A lot of that in this whole series, too. Yeah. Right now, my feeling is Cooper was trying to change the past, yep. and then he was trying to change the future. I mean, it's it's hard to tell in 18 if that's the future or another dimension or what mm-hmm. that is. But mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. I'm going with the future, even though like he passes the double R diner and the to, to go sign is missing mm-hmm. and we know that the bushes are different on the Palmer house. So there's differences, but right mm-hmm. now I'm thinking they've, they've drilled this into the head. Is it past or is it future? So I want to believe that Cooper went to the past, couldn't change, couldn't yeah. save lore. He went to the future. He couldn't save her, but, you can go through so many different characters, and it's all about home. You have Wally, who came home, and he was willing to give up on his uh, bedroom for his family. I mean, but it's like, it's it's these stories. Uh-huh. I mean, and I already mentioned Becky about that it was, in the beginning, Shelly said, I wish I could be there for my daughter, like in the, in the very early uh, parts. She said, oh, I can't connect, and I don't like her husband, and mm-hmm. this and that. And then by the end of the series, you realize Shelly had to change, too. She had to wake up and realize that she had to, how she could be there for her daughter, and that loving of come over to the double R and have pie and stuff and that can make that connection and this is returning mm-hmm. to the home of like Shelly and her daughter and then mm-hmm. we have Norma and her returning to home in the sense that she doesn't need all these franchises what's most important is this community and this home and Ed and Ed sure <laughs> big yeah. Ed they're gonna get married yeah. I think I can look at any one of these parts and you'll you'll have this focus of home of, of love I like that yeah but yeah then you have Laura. How do we fix Laura? Or how does she get fixed? And that that wasn't really told in the end, I don't mm. think. What is your thoughts? See, I see it a little bit differently. I like what you're saying. It does make a lot of sense. And I think that's a very um, astute observation about the Holmes thing. It's true, the whole series. And I think, yeah, I think seeing Dougie going, seeing them, I wanted that. So that, to me, was a great little payoff moment. Yeah. Seeing Dougie come home. I knew. Remember, I, I was like, Cooper's gonna, this could be his new family. Right. A part of Dougie gets to live with them. So that's kind of cool. And if this cool. was a, a season finale, not a series finale, I feel like that would really wrap up the, yes. the Dougie storyline. We're like, done with Dougie. Like, if for some reason they have a season four, there's no reason to have those characters anymore. It's kind of a way a nice, there's all these other kind of loose ends that could continue on to yes. another season if they had it. But Correctly. I think that's their way of saying this season was about Cooper's journey and he started off in the life of Dougie and you kind of see him going through all that and I, I even brought this up way back when I was talking to Andreas when we had him on the show I was saying I feel like this is like the road less taken this is the idea that like in another life Cooper could have settled down had a kid and had that life yes and his life has always been the work to the FBI, but it's kind of like you got to see that journey of like, what if he hadn't become an FBI and he had decided to just, you know, live a regular life? I don't know. <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't know if we ever bring this up, but you know, if there ever had been a season three way back in the 90s, there was talk about Cooper settling in Twin Peaks and he was going to be a pharmacist. So he was going to work on like a drugstore. What? The, yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the pitches Ooh, for season three. Like, not good. But I know, like, and they already kind of showed you what was life as as a deputy. Like, yeah. I don't think he's ever meant to be a pharmacist, pharmacist, or or, <laughs> or insurance salesman. Yes, right. My overall thoughts. I mentioned this a little bit in the red room. You know, we had a lot. They had a lot of people on that show, so it, I didn't want to take up too much time. Um, I was kind of saving a lot of it for today. I told you. So I watched Showtime aired 
them back to back to back three times in a row. I watched them three times in a row. That's six hours. Six hours. The same. <laughs> it was fine though yeah. because the first time you're in, I'm in awe, shock and awe, right? The first time and you're so in the moment, you lose sight of the detail. Second viewing, I focused on things I really wanted to focus on. And the third time, I noticed a lot. And the third time, I did. No- we'll talk about that later on. But overall, I woke up. I literally was. I went to bed at three in the morning. I woke up at like ten in the morning, and just this word, "agents of sleep." That's what I call it. Just in my head, it, it was just rattling around. I took. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I was messaging you. Overall, I thought Diane and Cooper. This electricity allowed them to go into a dream world of Linda and Richard, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Diane sees herself as Linda and Cooper as Richard. I don't know. If we got a season four, this story with Diane would be amazing to flush out. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. It's hard to wrap my head around it just yet. But what I do know is when they entered this world, they said to them, they said to each other, you know, we can't go back. This is going to change us forever. I almost feel like Cooper was trying to remember everything. So when he went into this world, he'd have his memories. Yeah. I feel like Diane didn't. I feel like Diane felt like she was a different person. I feel like Cooper knew he was Dale Cooper. So they go to the hotel. They have strange sex. So, and talking about that stream sex real quick. Yeah, you want to talk about the mirror correlation? Dougie was so happy when he was having sex, and then to have Cooper, where he didn't seem to be enjoying emotionless. it, emotionless. He was yeah. just staring. Right. And they go into a hotel, and Diane sees herself briefly, yes. and it yes. disappears. Right. I think that was an apparition. I don't think it was. There was physically two Dianes there. I feel like she was seeing herself. I don't know. I mean, maybe these worlds are all interconnecting now. They're in a spiritual world. They're in a dreamlike world. Anything is possible. They go into a hotel, which we prominently see what the hotel looks like. It only has one floor. It's It's one floor. And it's an older hotel. They're driving an older car. They get into this hotel. The room's the same. They have sex. And then you mentioned how back in episode two, when you meet Nadu, she's touching his face. Yes. And it was like the same parallel. Wow, I, it's funny because what, what I was when I was seeing that I what I was thinking was like I was trying to look back as as Nadu, and like oh so that's been Diane the whole time, and mm-hmm. when she was touching his face back in part three, she was she realized it was Cooper. Like mm-hmm. I mean, she probably maybe she could hear him, but then to be able to touch him, say like, oh that's Cooper, I gotta help him get back to the world. Yes, so you know how Twin Peaks. Uh, the original series kind of goes in a circle, and this one kind of says it's an inf- infinite symbol. Yeah, right. What right. if the eight, the uh, the eight, Jeffrey's eight is really an infinity symbol. So, so the infinity symbol, if that takes place in this scenario now in this world, what if Diane Linda gets lost in the dream world, becomes Nadu, and then when Cooper lands into that world, she's feeling his face in. When they have sex like that, it's a parallel. She's remembering, and then when she's Nadu, she hmm. feels his face, and then when she's doing that, she's crying like, oh, my God, you know, like, I saved him. I don't know, like, sort of like Annie appearing in Laura's bed to give her a message in the past. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, it's like a it's a parallel that will help in the future in the past, and it always happens. It's That's an possible. infinite loop. And it's interesting you bring up uh, some about the timeline, because last we knew, Diane was brought to the gas station, which is the convenience store. Where she was store, raped. 
Right. No, she, she was raped before No, that. she was raped first, yeah. and then she was brought to the convenience store. Yeah. To me, which in a way could have been a prisoner, but it's interesting that she goes from the convenience store and then gets to what I think is the White Lodge. Yes. So I do wonder if the fireman or somebody else was protecting her from the evil and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe you're right. That's true. That's a good point. That's why I think if there was a season four, that would be an amazing story to give us with Diane in this world and where that leads. And does that lead her to be Nadu later on? And how does she become Nadu? And I don't know. And it's interesting infinite that possibilities. Andy said how important she was. I mm-hmm. mean, she was important to this whole thing when he, when he, when he got her in the woods. And yeah. Stuff. So it's yeah, it's very fascinating. But I, that whole sex scene, it also made me think of like, okay, what if she really is Diane and she's with Cooper, but she, when she sees Cooper's face, all she can think of is Mr. C raping. Yes, her. that's what I thought too. Yes, so I thought that as well. That. Yeah. So I mean, it can definitely work on many different levels. It's facing her fear. She was facing her fear because she knew this what that she knew Cooper wasn't Mr. C. She knew who this was. They went on this journey together. And I thought the same thing. She's crying. She's facing her fear. She's feeling his face like, okay, I'm fa- I'm, you know, you raped me, but now we're we're making love. A version of you. <laughs> A version of you. And it's not that way, but I'm still scared. But at the same time, he's emotionless. So that's the odd part. I don't know what to make out of that. He's literally just laying there with this blank look on his face while she's feeling his face. I don't know if he was just to be in her reality, just to be there to get her over this fear, this tragedy. I don't, Maybe yeah, it's a very it's probably for me it's the most oddest thing. It was. We can go to the red room. We can go here. We can go there. But that sex scene was was disturbing and bothering. Again, I mean, it kind of makes me think of Lost Highway because they, they have some really strange scenes yeah. like that. You know, she leaves. She leaves a note about saying, "You're Richard. I'm Linda." And I'm wondering. I'm like, uh, so she thinks she's like a different person. He she thinks he's a different person in this and her her world. He's by himself. When he leaves, he's in a different hotel. Yeah. And he gets into a modernized car. Right. And when he leaves the hotel, he leaves on the left side. When they entered, it was on the right side. It was a completely different building. Yes. So I think him going into this world, he goes to the diner, which was Judy. Right. And so the fascinating thing about this is in the original script of Firewalk With Me, uh, Agent Jeffries said, I've been to Judy's. I found something. In Seattle at Judy's. Judy's as in a place, not mm. a, or Judy's place. So it's funny that, that they are going back to at least some stuff that they had thought about that. It, it And I always thought it was, a, I actually thought it could have been a restaurant and stuff. I don't remember if they ever spelled it out in the script, but I thought that it could have been a, a place. Yeah, and, and uh, Gordon Cole says it's a, it's a strong force, a for, an entity. Yeah, so, I mean, so early on, he's telling Agent Bert that, sorry, he couldn't share this with you, but Cooper and Major Briggs, and I think Jeffrey was somehow included on the, in this plan, and it was Major Briggs that realized it was this entity, and the entity it was an extreme negative force called Jade. Jade. Day. Yeah. Which, which is now, I mean, that was the old days what it was called, and then over time it became Judy. Yeah. Which then, I mean, I don't know about you, but it seems to me to be the mother, the experiment, it's the greatest evil of all. Uh, yeah. Also, it still preserves Judy as a mystery, which I really liked. A part of me really wants to know who Judy was. Who was Judy? But a part of me was scared to know because the mystery would be gone forever. And, and I'm Jeffrey, glad. Well, here's the thing, too, is Jeffrey says to Mr. C, who I don't know if he thinks he is Cooper. He says, you've met Judy before. Yes. 
And I think you, that still works if the uh, experiment is in Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer. So if it's in Sarah Palmer, the reason you've met Judy before is through Sarah Palmer. Yeah. So it all works. It all works. He goes to the diner. Now, he's not acting like Cooper. He's acting like a neutral Cooper. I would say somewhere in between what we've seen with Mr. C, but someone who's not as... Uh, is excited as uh, Mr. Cooper from Twin Peaks. Right. He's somewhere in the betwi- middle. Yes. He's not talkative. He's not excitable, but he's very precise, and he says what he means. He means what he says. He's a very straightforward kind of guy. I got that impression. How did you get? I got yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was. Yeah. He wasn't clowning around. Right. Just business. I mean, yeah. He had a mission. And I even got that from, I mean, I get that sense from part one when he talking to the fireman he's just kind of like i understand like it's just direct and like i'm taking it all in and i'm gonna do do my mission yeah but so yeah there's different theories some people thought he was another person i don't think he was mr c at all that's what a lot of right. people were I saying i do not think it's mr no. c he doesn't have the black eyes i don't think that at all no. yeah he is a variation of mr if cooper definitely right. and uh is he richard in the scenario for um for linda slash dan sure is he cooper to himself because he I think we saw him memorizing everything. Um, I think he has his memories. I think he came into this world saying, I don't want to forget any of this because I need my memories to get me through this. I do think they're all scenarios of Cooper Dougie. They're not Dougie, the manufactured Dougie. I'm talking Mm. about the real Cooper. When he came to this world, he kind of lost his memory and he was living the life of Dougie because that was the surroundings he was in. I... I don't put it past that that Laura Palmer came to this place and took mm. up the life of Carrie. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. I believe that that really is Laura Palmer. She forgot who she was when she got to this place and that she's kind of taken in as this new character. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with Diane. And that's kind of what's happening with Cooper to some degree. I think Cooper's having a better handle of it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. For me, see, this is where my, my theory is. I believe he is in Laura's world, um, which she, if we say she's the ultimate dreamer, because she's had the ultimate horrible, she's had this horrible life, upbringing, she created this world where she was Carrie Page. But I don't think she can escape the evil. And maybe her in her fantasies, Carrie Page um, shoots and kills her predator which we see in her room. There's a dead guy with a bullet hole, and it looks like his stomach is weird, and Hmm. he looks like he's been decaying for a while. There's flies. And the house is shit. Front lawn is shit. Um, I think even in her uh, wildest dreams, fantasy, she can't escape the darkness, but she has control over it. She kills someone, and I think that person was either a predator of some kind, husband, boyfriend or could have been a father figure i don't know yeah um so for me i think we're in laura's head i think this is her fantasy world i can buy that i'm not saying i i don't know if that's my opinion but i can buy that for a few reasons one for when we get to the sheriff's station uh cooper gets there and he 
there's like a super there's a yeah. head version of him. Yeah, like, it's really interesting. It stays on there for a long time, transparent, kind of like. And he, at one point, he says, "We live inside a dream," that's, which is what Jeffrey says. It's almost, I almost feel like Cooper has taken over Jeffrey's role. Uh-huh. He's definitely doing a lot I got more. That too. Maybe time traveling or going other places. He goes you know, like Jeffrey's. He went to see Judy, so I feel like he's kind of taken up the role of Je- Jeffrey's. I totally agree on that because I feel that now. Cooper is in Laura's uh, psyche. He can jump around. But here is the part. I think Jeffrey's, he get the nosebleeds, and he, was, he, he, he seemed a little fried because he doesn't know what is real and what's not anymore because he'd been everywhere. Right. And also, when you're jumping in someone else's reality, what is real to you? He doesn't know what is going on. I think Laura changing her identity to Carrie Page... Then going to the Palmer house, and but I, 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 I looked at her face, yeah, and it looked like to me, I got this impression it's almost worrisome. She doesn't want to remember, she doesn't want to remember, and you're making me remember. This is scary, it, yes. To me, it came across as like, is he gonna figure it out? Is someone gonna break reality here? Um, is it, am I gonna have to wake up and come out of this dream I'm in and then at the very end when you hear Laura from Sarah Palmer and she screams it's almost like she's coming back to reality right and that that's where I kind of feel like Cooper Dougie wakes up I feel like there's these people with versions of of them waking up that they're in this other life Mm. okay yeah Uh, yeah but it's one other thing about the dream is that there is a point where again where Cooper's in the past, and he he's meeting with Laura, and Laura says she recognizes Cooper as in her dream. Yes, so was this a dream? I don't know if it was a dream, but it's interesting. It's still interesting that we get that we get the whole dream thing, and that's what I'm I'm wondering though. There's a fourth page missing from her diary. Yes, did you see my Twitter recently? No. Okay. No. I was thinking about this fourth page, and I think people are kind of like, "What? This wasn't paid off." We have Hawk saying there's another missing page, and maybe this is a stretch. But we go back to the original series, second season, and we're about to solve the whole Laura Palmer case. And Donna goes to the tree, Miss Tremont, and it's a different Tremont, just like we have. Well, Wait, the real Tremont. The real, yeah. So she goes to Tremont, and she has an envelope. And in that envelope is another page, is one page of Laura's diary. diary. And in it, she's saying about how I had this dream about a, a little man dancing, and it, and there was Cooper, and she thought it was Mike, and she wanted help from him, and she hoped that he could save her. And then he kind of says, Andy, go take uh, Donna home. Does not take the, does not take the diary, and he just kind of takes off. And like, I'm thinking to myself, did Andy take the diary page, or is he just letting Donna keep the diary Ooh, page? and we didn't see Donna, and that fourth page was missing. Right. So she, but she had it. She read it. It, it put. Oh, and it, and it mentions about how she whispered a secret to Cooper. And it, again, that's really played up in this. In the end of this, uh, this part at the end of the whole series, we our last image we get is Laura whispering something to Cooper. But I feel like it's that, there's that connection. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I know it's a stretch, but I'm, at the same time, I kind of like was it ever brought into evidence? Could that be the, the floating and and to connect it to the Tremons and to connect it to the whispering of the secret and. To connect Cooper and the whole thing. Well, didn't she whisper the killer's name and he forgot it the next day? Yes, and then he remembers it when he's in the roadhouse. It all comes together. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it all comes together. Um, My father killed me. For me, the reason I woke up Monday morning with with sleeper agent, I part of me feels like Dale Cooper, and you said it. You said it perfectly. Has kind of become the next Jeffries, but I feel like he he's confused. He's like, what year is this? 
Are you kidding me? Like, we dro- he drove by with her, the double R. It was the old double R. The house, it looks I, like the old house. I, I mean, this is, I know you say that, but, like, all you need is a coat of paint to cover up the, the double R to go. I know, I know but this is the, my theory yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. that he might have landed in the right time, but because she's masking it with this fantasy dream... He can't. He has no grasp of reality anymore. He he's living in other realities. So how does he know what's true or not? And Jeffrey's went through the same thing. Yes. He he. And we kind of talked about that yeah. for our Firewalk with Me uh, show, where in in the script is even more blunt. Jeffrey's is kind of like he's out of it on Cole's desk, and and Cole says Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. and then he realizes May, and he's like realizing. He, He's like, wait a minute, this is February, and he, I think he's realizing he's in the wrong time period. Yeah, and stuff like that. I think he's everywhere, yeah. and I think it would be so cool if we did get a season four, we can really go into this world with Cooper and Diane, but the other part of me feels this was a, a great ending that would keep us talking for another 25 years. Yeah, for me, I can look at the whole and say mm. it's about it's about family, it's about love, it's about finding a place to feel safe in life, and to kind of look at all these characters, I feel like I, I, can, I can accept it more than I can accept. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? And, yeah. and to be left on the street with these two characters to never have a resolution. What was your favorite uh, out of 17 and 18? What was your favorite part? I mean, do you f- favor one out of those two or do you just kind of feel it's one or? I mean, I, mean, I definitely, I mean, 17 feels more climactic. I have some issues at 17. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I liked 18 a lot. Yeah. I 17, since we pretty much talked about the ending, let's go to 17. Um, because it's the big battle that we've all been waiting for, sort of, the last couple of episodes. Yes. Um, with Freddie was going to have conflict with Mr. C. We all assumed. I thought there was some odd story choices, story arc choices that still kind of perplex me. I don't know if they were that great. Um, but overall, I, I enjoyed. It was. Uh, I was. I felt satisfied, and it. I felt the the fight scene between Freddy and the orb wasn't that. Was that orb? The Bob orb. <laughs> that Bob my, was my, the, my one thing I got yeah, right. Yeah, the whole right, series, I was like, Bob has been in him the whole time. Yeah. I believe. I mean, because it, it was hard to tell if he was taken out or not. But I, my gut told me if Bob had been with. So him they the whole fix time. him up, and he goes back in, and he continues. Yes. Sort of. Right. That's how it goes. Okay. It's so like a partnership there. Yeah, it's a partnership. So you were right there. Bob was in him as much as. I, I didn't want to believe it, but you, I mean, it makes sense. We saw Andy's premonitions kind of come true. He play, yes. he realizes once he sees Coop walk, oh, Mr. C, Cooper, oh my God, he's got a picnic basket and he's all excited and they come in. It was kind of exciting to, you know, I, uh, my heart hurt a little bit because this is the first time Cooper is seeing them. But yes. it's Mr. C. Right. Wasn't that kind of like... Oh, yeah, it's twisted. It was twisted because they were so happy and yeah. he smiled. We were just Mr. talking about you. Mr. C <laughs> smiled. It's a little, yeah. hi, oh. Andy. And he does a little smile. I'm like, oh, this is weird. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. At some point when Andy gets in there, he realizes it's, it's not the real Cooper. I can't remember what it was, but he starts putting things in place. He he, he purposely puts a chair in a, in a specific place for Mr. C to sit you're right, next to, you're right. to Frank Truman and stuff. Yep, he purposely he's yelling to uh, to Lucy. Uh, this is important. This is important. So uh-huh. he's, he's putting people in place, and we didn't actually see it, but it seems like to me his vision was he. I feel like he told Lucy 
take my gun. I'm gonna want. I want you. I, I want you to stand right here at this moment and stuff like that. I feel like he put her in place to shoot. Yes, Mr. I C. He had to. I mean, where would Lucy get this gun from? So Andy, Andy was sort of the chess master. He, he was with his. I think he kind of got everybody in the right place to do the. But job. at the same time, there was a, a part of me was like the one thing that made no sense. Oh, granted, he was placing things where they needed to be. But when you went downstairs and Chad escaped, Freddy was going to punch that thing and hit Chad in the face. And Andy hears gun, hears the gunshot upstairs when Lucy shoots Mr. C. And Andy goes, I need to take you all upstairs. And I'm like, but why? You heard gunshots. The one place you don't want to go is towards those gunshots. But I understand that we had to have Freddy come upstairs. But a part of me was just like, but but you're putting uh, Nadu in danger. You're putting James in danger. You're putting, um, well, Chad, nobody cares, and Billy, he could stay there. But you're putting James and Nadu in danger. Why would you bring them upstairs? Mr. C has been doing these coordinates, and it looks like the coordinates actually happened to be Jack Rabbit's palace all this time. So what was he? What was Mr. C's goal to go to the, I'm calling the White Lodge? To get Nadu. Yeah, you're right. She would have been on the ground. She would have been on the ground, and he would have got her. Yeah. And if he, if she was important, he could have killed her. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. That that maybe Nadu was the last connecting piece to Mister to Cooper. Right. So maybe, or maybe he was going to pull a Wyndham Earl, and he would have been, a, she would have been a hostage or something like that. Maybe. To get, but, yeah. But so interesting thing, he gets into the White Lodge. He's trapped there, and then the fireman lets him lose exactly where the. Yeah, what did I say to you? Why? That makes... I think he was... He, he, basically, the fireman had told Andy what he had to do. He, he was putting all the, the pieces in the right mm-hmm, spot. Mm-hmm. But it's still, at first, you're kind of like, why but is... But why... Okay, why would the light... If the White Lodge had Mr. C, why would they let him go? He, he was in a cage. I mean, on the left side, you had Major Briggs' floating head, and you had Mr. C in a cage. Why would you even let him go? We have you. Yeah, I think they still had to, I still think one of them had to die, right? Either Cooper or Mr. C had to die. That was the agreement but for the beginning. Couldn't of the, the White Lodge destroy him? I don't know. Maybe that's not how it works. I yeah. Mean, See? <laughs> Interesting. See, I, part of me was like, why did the White Lodge let him go? You had him. Right. Um, but you're right. Now, here's a part I have mixed feelings. This is the only part I have mixed feelings about. I will even say I like the Audrey stuff. In retrospect, more. The fight scene, I watched it three times. I really liked it a lot. I thought the fight scene between Freddy and the Bob Warb was, I didn't I didn't find it to be cringeworthy. I thought it was pretty cool and brutal, and it was uh, more than I expected. I kind of envisioned Freddy punching Mr. C in the face or the gut and having like an echo uh, come out of him, like a spirit of Bob come out of him. Huh. And, um maybe being blown away because when Freddie punches those guys in the face, there was some sort of sonic boom to make that record skip. Oh yeah. So I kind of felt like that's what we were going to see. Now the fight scene, all three times I watched it, I liked it. I don't know how you felt overall. Like how would you like that scene? I mean, I guess the only thing I'd say is it's funny how in season two, we never really got, I feel like the climactic, uh, 
Cooper against Wyndham Earl. Like, you never, I never felt like you get that final battle. And in a way, you didn't get that with Mr. C and Cooper. It's funny, like, Mr. C is already on the ground, so, like, you never get that face-off between the two Coopers. Like, I, I think that's the only thing I was missing. I wouldn't like to have had an exchange and said, you have Cooper being, like, you, I don't know what he would say. He'd say something like, you don't belong here. And, and then Mr. Uh-huh. C could kind of say something. I mean, it's kind of your typical, you know, big battle. Exactly. And, and that, I, know, I know they don't do anything typical. I mean, they always go their own way. But, but. but Ben, you hit, you hit it right on the nose for me. This is why it was satisfying in the uh, story sense of what f- meeting Freddy and then having Freddy do this because we all saw it coming. But in the grand scheme of Twin Peaks... This is the most unlike Twin Peaks thing, because I don't think is that kind of a superhero type thing. Yeah, yeah. it felt it felt cliche. I'm gonna say it, we knew there was gonna be a battle, and there was, and it like here here's my issue is first of all, why do we care about Freddy? We don't. We only met him a couple episodes right. ago. I don't. We I have no attachment to Freddy. None of us really do. He's a cool guy. Interesting story about this magical glove, which is interesting on its own, but are we going to be talking about this for 25, you know, is this something that's going to seep into the conversation of the lore? I don't think so. I don't care really about this magical glove or Freddy. So when Freddy is the one that has to stand up to Bob, it doesn't make sense. It's, you were right. It, and uh, what I was thinking, it, it should have been Cooper versus Mr. C. That is the big payoff that we people have been waiting for 25 years. We got Freddy, a new guy that we were just introduced to, come in and punch the crap out of this flying orb, which I think it would have been more satisfying if we actually saw a Mr. Cooper and um, Mr. Cooper, Mr. C and Cooper exchange. I don't feel like it was satisfying in the overall story sense. It felt very predictable. Like we knew Freddie was gonna win. I didn't. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't think it was predictable because I, I expected Cooper and Mr. C to battle. So if anything, it was unpredictable because Cooper didn't have as much involvement. But with the it. moment we yeah. saw Freddie with that glove and he tells yeah. the story, I was like, oh, he was sent to punch Mr. C in the face. He was going to do something to Mr. C. Right. And it actually ended up being Bob. Bob. The same sense. And yeah. also, here's the other thing I wasn't a big fan of. Bob is evil. How can a green glove defeat all evil? Right. It, it's the evil that men do. I don't think, I feel like he defeated him, but he didn't kill him. Right. I'm sure he maybe he goes back to the spirit world. Who knows? But I, I always felt Twin Peaks was about drama and about um, the emotional. That's why I liked 18 more. There was that mystery and the drama and all that stuff. I felt like this went a little over the top story-wise. Like, I don't know. Like I said, overall, I liked it. I liked it visually. I enjoyed the whole fight scene. But I think overall, the whole story arc, it should have been Cooper and Mr. C. I don't think Freddy uh, should not existed at all. I don't know. I, I feel he existed only to fight and actually defeat something. But right. Twin Peaks is not about defeating something uh, physically. It's all about this emotion or uh, mentally or all. You know, Laura overcame Bob by letting herself succumb to letting herself die and that's a horrible way of doing it but she did it she overcame it i don't know i I would have been great to see cooper mr c uh mentally chasing each other again like we did in 
season two and yeah. having some sort of uh, confrontation in the Red Room. So now I'll go the opposite way just to play devil's advocate. Okay. Well, I will say, and this is what's Dougie, and I feel like this is, again, with Cooper. Cooper is good at bringing people together in some ways. It was it was Cooper that yelled to Freddie. It's like, are you Freddie? Like, he knew that was Freddie's mm-hmm. destiny, that... that Freddie didn't have a purpose. He didn't have a means. He didn't have a home. He didn't really have a place to, you know, feel like he he belonged. Yeah. And it, you know, the fireman gave him a, gave him a job, and he came here to do it. And he felt like he had a purpose and stuff. So I feel like, at least if we look at Cooper, he seems like he he doesn't always have to take the spotlight. He's willing to look at other people around him and say, you know, this is what you were meant to do. I get that, but I I just think, for me. Seeing them chase each other in season two, and not having that uh, that 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 ending point for both of them, yeah, seemed weird to give us a new character to do that. It is. It is weird. It is. I mean, like I said, I liked it. I thought David Lynch did a great job um, filming it. I, I I didn't find it cringeworthy. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't. The pay the overall payoff for me wasn't there. It didn't, it. it didn't do anything for me. Right. Right? I, I enjoyed I don't think this, the Bob's, I don't think Freddy's character is something people are going to be talking about. To me, anyway, he was not that memorable. Like, he's yeah. the guy who literally punched Bob to pieces. Yep. <laughs> and to, to me, that's too straightforward. This is why I like the ending of 18, because it's not straightforward. Cool. So. You know, I meant to say this at the beginning of the show that, you know, go back to Din- David Lynch's quote about keep your eye on the donut, not on the hole. Yes, which is something we've been saying, you know. Yeah, and, I, and I, when I think quote. about that quote, it says, to me, it means focus what is uh, focus what is there and not about what is missing. Because I think sometimes we do want to, like, sometimes we put so much attention on our theories that mm-hmm. we miss some of the points that they're getting to. and. I actually look at Laura. Laura didn't have a place to go. Like, I don't know. The what... cabin was the closest place. Cabin. Oh, we're talking about if you consider Leo and Jacques. That was and... kind of her family. It yeah. was it was it's a dysfunctional a family. family. Yeah, right. But when druggies or alcoholics, they consider the bar their home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cheers was a home to a bunch of drunks. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, to I, Laura. But I think if now, like, if she still existed, and, I, I, and I've been also thinking about, like, who who sucked around Red Room? It's funny, today mm-hmm. I was thinking, is it possible it was the fireman? Like, was it is it possible he's manipulating things at some point? Like, originally mm-hmm. I thought it was evil, or I thought it was related to the glass box, and now I don't know, like... Do you almost wonder, I was thinking about this, you ever read Mad Magazine when you were younger? Sure. And you know the... You know the last page was always one of those folding? So it was a picture, yep. and then you'd fold it sure. in fours, and then it would make a dirty picture with those two, <laughs> with the two ends together and yes. make a different picture. I wonder if this is similar season three style, where we can just fold out all that middle Dougie stuff and watch episodes maybe one, two, maybe three. I got to rewatch it to really remember, and then jump right into... Um, maybe 16, 17, and 18, and would it make one cohesive movie? Because David Lynch did say you can watch these out of order. Sure. And I'm almost wondering if you cut those out, you just cut out that 
Dougie stuff and the town stuff, and you'd almost have like a firewalk with me kind of feel. Maybe, but and it's funny because like I mean I struggled with it week after week because I just wanted our old Cooper back. But I also see now the value of having Dougie. I see the value of like it was Cooper going on his journey to see what was important, like what was his likes and his dislikes, and what was what meant the most to him. And it, for him, it was still his work, his passion to do the right thing and yeah. to do good. That it still ended up the same. I think he was 25 years ago. But I feel like you need that journey. Yeah. Because I remember even, you know, before the series started, it's like, how are they going to bring Cooper back? Like, he's so messed up. Like, he's been gone for 25 years. You're going to start saying, this is a cell phone. Or this is, you know, like, are you trying to start telling, this is the internet. And, like, trying to get him into the world again. And I thought it was, a, in a way, it's a creative way to have him be this other character and just kind of bobble along in the world. And here's a theory I'll throw at you, Ben. Do you think in the very beginning when he's sitting there with the giant and the giant says, it's okay, you can go back down, you can leave now? What if, because there's no time in this world, what if that whole time he's sitting there with the giant was Dougie time? And then when he says, it's okay, you can leave now, that's when he wakes up from the coma. I like that. I do feel like that seems like the most perfect spot is to, yes, to me that's Yeah, like, that's how I kind of see it. If I were to edit this, that's exactly where I would put it. I'd put it right before he wakes up. So he got electrocuted. When he got electrocuted, he went to the White Lodge and was able to talk with the giant. Mm-hmm. And then he was, yeah, that to me is the perfect spot to and, put it. And Mike saying. He downloads all the information and is ready to do his mission now. Yeah, and Philip Gerard saying, don't die. It's almost saying, listen, you cannot die during all this. A lot of obstacles are going on your way. But I kind of almost wonder if that's like when he goes into the coma, don't die. Like, we need you. Right. This is going to help wake you up. Yeah. And he built a team. Uh, Dougie built a team, but also I look at the whole Dougie stuff. This was an opportunity for Mark Frost and David Lynch to give us uh, 16, 15 episodes of Twin Peaks because once six, uh, 17 rolls around, it's really all about, you know, Cooper and Diane and everybody. But I kind of feel like that whole journey also allowed us, storytelling wise, to give us Twin Peaks. Maybe. If we didn't get these 18 episodes and it was eight, we wouldn't have gotten as much as we've gotten. And I appreciate Definitely. that. I Definitely. appreciate all that. Yeah. So as much as I love Audrey and Cooper together, that didn't happen. And my question then is, uh, is Diane Cooper's true love? Like, Yes, I think so. And, it, and in some ways, I guess it always makes sense. I mean, like, he spoke to her every day through his recorder. And, like, mm-hmm. he had this intimate, like, he would share things he'd never shared with anybody else. And they were he, on a date, we found out from the book. Yeah, the yeah. book, he, they, they went out at least for once. So I think they had duck. <laughs> I had duck once. Yeah. So I mean, they did have something there, and it, but it was interesting. Like they they kissed a lot in these two parts. I mean, like they kissed when they first saw each other. And at the original kiss, I was like, okay, this is to confirm that Cooper is Cooper. And Diane, she felt it. Right, she felt it. The she electricity felt, was there. Right. Yes. So I got that. But then we were kissing in the car. Well, that was to say goodbye. Yeah. To me, that's the last time they really saw each other. Yeah, maybe so. I don't. I felt there was a lot of kissing. I was like, "Wow, these guys are passionate." Yeah, well, because they say to each other, "I mean, this is it. We don't know who we're gonna be coming out of this, or we're gonna remember." In the whole sex scene, I don't think it was them. Well, Cooper remembers who he is, but I don't think she does. But to me, that was like a goodbye kiss. Yeah, that was the the credits would roll right there, freeze frame style, right. the end. 
I know what I feel, but I want to see if you feel the same way. Why was Cooper and Diane in the car? Like, what was the heck was that about? They go, he gets out, he's trying to figure out where he is. Well, he mentions, um, we're at 430. Yep. 430 miles. Exactly. Yes. And that's a number that's run. Well, we have the, we have the, um... At White Sands, we had the blast. At, we had right, the atomic the bomb at 4:30. Yeah. Uh, there's 4:30's been mentioned a lot. Um, so he, this was some sort. of... Uh, Philip Gerard kept saying electricity. Electricity was the key, and they were following the gigantic um, uh, electrical wires, which was in uh, Andy's uh, vision. Yes. So I think they found the spots that was allowed to. Go over into that's why to me it feels like they're entering a different world. I know. Right, why are they doing that though? Why are they driving there? Like, what is their what is their mission? Their mission for Cooper because he couldn't change the past of Laura Palmer. I feel he feels the need that maybe he can go into her dream to tell her to give her clues to say, hey. Something bad's going to happen. That's I perceived it. He's become, he's become the you know this this agent who is going to go into the brain. He can't change something that's actually happened, but maybe uh, subconsciously he can live inside of her to say, "Listen, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. You need to. I'm going to help you escape." Yeah. So I I yeah. I like that, and I think that it really was back to Leland Palmer saying, "Find Laura." Mm-hmm. That this was. I mean, it's amazing that it's taken uh, sixteen parts or however long, but we go back to part two with Leland saying, "Find Laura," and now that he's now that the whole Mister C storyline is over with, he's on to his next part of it that he's got to go find Laura. That's, that's why I'm saying you can <laughs> fold this whole season I up know. and go from find Laura to right. finding Laura. This whole middle part was a journey. He's got to find himself before he can find Laura. Aha, I like that. He did find himself. (laughs) He did. Um, But, yeah, I think that's his whole mission is to to save Laura somehow. He did find Laura. I do believe he found Laura. Me too. Carrie Carrie Page. And Carrie Page, you know, Scott mentioned something at the round table I didn't think of. How the pa- the fourth page was missing and her last name was Paige. I thought that. And I know that's a very popular thought. I didn't think about that. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. The thing is, I don't think Hawk is very literal. I don't think Hawk was like, it could also be a person. I mean, like, Hawk was very much like, we had four pages, we found three, and one is still missing. So, yeah. that, at least in a literal sense, I feel like there's still that fourth page. And I like the idea of maybe going back to Donna Hayward having that last page. But who knows? Who knows? But I like the idea that we... I think we did find Laura, and it, t- it took to the very last scene for her to wake up. <laughs> it felt like a movie. It really, that last episode to me felt like a very short and sweet David Lynch movie. Um, a lot of driving, a lot of staring. A lot of Lost Highway. A lot of Lost Highway. <laughs> but I really, really liked it, and I could probably watch that last episode a million times and get something different out of it. And maybe my theory will change. But I'm glad you have a different take and I have a slightly different take. I think ultimately we have the same message. Yes. Um, we just have different takes. And I think that's so great about his work. It's a work of art. We all ha- we were gonna we're gonna project something onto it from our own, from what we feel, and that's what we're gonna get out of it. Um, that's just how it works, usually. Um, but I, I like 
Um, all the different things people have been posting on our Facebook page has been amazing. Oh, man. We got some great, you know, people are oh, posting yeah. some really cool things. That is awesome. I did my best. Um, I didn't want to look at anybody else's theories. I wanted to have my own. I mean, you only get this once. That first initial reaction, and then you come up with what you think, and then you go online. Because it, right. you only have it once. And then after That's that, you my opinion and theories might change over time depending on hearing other people's. And I might like, ooh, that works in my theory. Totally. I like that. So I, it's really so cool. There's so, there's so many different things that you rewatch it, and it, to me it makes connections. You know, Cooper's talking about how he's going to see everybody again one day. And then he – I think that's where he says it. At one point he says – Very Wizard of oz Very Wizard of Oz to bring all these characters. At some point he says things are going to change. But he basically says that to Hawk. And it's funny because Hawk had that whole conversation with the log lady. And she mentions about how things are going to change as in death. Mm-hmm. And, stuff. and I yeah. was trying to say, is there some kind of a, a connection to life ending? Well, like, when he said I'll – Meet you. I hope to, I hope to see you again. Or I hope to see you again. I kind of felt like I'll see you on the other side because if he was the dream world, the dream world his head being superimposed, I almost part of me was like, is this uh, represent? Is this showing us that he's taking it all in? He's memorizing everything so that when he starts jumping, hmm. he won't lose his memories. Jeffrey seems to be a little confused at times. Yes. Will Cooper do his best to not lose his mind? Right. Oh, they were stuck. <laughs> and he was stuck. They were, the, the clock was stuck in time, too. Like, they we were like, we were. Yeah, uh, like, uh, what, 345? 248, uh, no, I'm sorry, 258, oh, maybe? 258. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I bet you it's a Oh, it's almost 3 o'clock, yeah. Yeah. But it was still interesting that we were kind of like in the stuck in. Stuck in time. Yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff. And we got to see everybody in one room together, which was really cool. It was. It, it felt like Wizard of Oz. It felt like. <laughs> You know, There's no place like home. No, when Dorothy wakes up and everybody's in the room, that yes, sort of scenario. Totally. And we get that a, a few times with him in the coma. We've had that before. And he, the 315 key it to the... It opens the, break, the right, boiler room. Right, which is where uh, James was going to. Which it, we so, never... Yeah, we didn't know what James did. He right. went in there and... Here's a whoosh, 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 which is the fan noise. Ah. The whoosh, whoosh is yeah. the fan I, I put two and two together. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of cricket sounds to me, chirping sounds throughout the show. Interesting, the chirping noise when Laura disappears, when Cooper's leading her and you hear that cricket, kind of reminds me of the first episode. Definitely. And it reminds me of episode eight. Yes. They do that cricket noise, too. The, yes, there's... Um... Something's not right. It's this whole yep. like like the idea of this this frog creature thing that that it doesn't belong here. And just like that house, the whole Palmer house that whatever Sarah is doesn't belong there. Now I I kind of felt satisfied by seeing Sarah Palmer when she was she when Cooper is sort of trying to change the past. It defeats Mother in a way. Yeah, I, I didn't. How do what do you, you? There's so many different ways to look at it. Maybe Sarah wanted to confront Laura, and in a way, whatever this whole thing happened, Laura got out of her reach. Another way to interpret it is if we look at the real Sarah Palmer grieving, mm-hmm. loss. I mean, it's funny because I think about Leland. Remember Leland dancing with the pitcher and then smashing it and breaking it. I mean, it kind of was a parallel to me for that as well. That like that grief of losing your child and just and smashing. But yeah, she she hits the photos of Donna and Laura and everything onto the ground. She starts be stomping it and I was almost wondering like 
But it, it was going back and forth. It was time. It was yeah. Like, that was really it was like cool. stuck. Yes. <gasps> stuck in time, just like the clock. Uh, just like her, her TV. Yeah, stuck in time. Maybe stuck in time. Right. You're stuck in this world. You're stuck in pain. Yes. Um, maybe pain makes you feel like time has stands still and you can't get past it. Is this allowing Sarah Palmer to move on? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, she's like destroying the. I promo. mean, we end with we end with her mo- moaning and uh, calling out to Laura. I think she's still in pain. I think Laura's in pain. Is Mother out of her, though? What's that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like if we were to have a season four, I think that the the big baddie would be Mother, and that would be the final. Do you know about that scene of Laura and Cooper going up the stairs to the Palmer house? So I think it was TMZ actually leaked it, and then... You know, me just going to Twitter, I accidentally ran into that picture of Cooper walking up with Laura to the Palmer house. I so, remember seeing something, but I immediately forgot it and I stayed away. And I we, didn't know what it pertained to. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be the end of this. It was so quick and I shut it off so quick. In my head, I imagined Laura with long hair and she was wearing a dress and it was like this beautiful... Like almost like a bride coming to the, you know, I, I, when I saw, for some reason I imagined it as being a beautiful thing where Laura is, because I didn't know anything about the monster or the experiment, mm. so I imagined it was a, a beautiful thing where Laura was going to meet her mom and it was going to be happily ever after. <laughs> I don't think anything is ever. I mean, we had some happy moments for people, yeah. but the overall story arc with Laura doesn't seem to be happy. Yeah, doesn't seem to be happy. Um. So yeah, I mean, and, you know, I feel emotionally drained right it now. It is. I mean, just, <laughs> and I feel like we we'll, we have so much more we could talk about. It, it can go on and on and on. Yeah, there's still like we got a lot to talk. Yeah. I mean, this a lot to unpack. I think we could go another three years with just this episode alone. Yeah, this is gonna be good. I like it totally. And this is why I think this is a good ending. It was a good season finale. It was a good ending to a story because we're still talking about it. We're still thinking about it. If you hate it. Awesome. If you loved it, great. I think those are all great emotions to have about something. If we all walked away and we all went, we're all satisfied, there's nothing to talk about. Right. If this show had ended after that battle with Freddy and the and the orb, what's there to talk about? But it didn't, and I like that. I like how they gave us that one battle in the very beginning, and they gave us this big, meaty thing to think about. And people have said it's kind of like... They end, 17 was the end of, of the of the season, and then they kind of give you like a sneak preview of a new season if they were going to do that, or uh, basically the next chapter in the story. Yeah, I you sort of what? agree. Sort yeah. of agree. I, I agree. Um, I agree in a sense of storytelling. It leads to something else, but then I also disagree because I see it as that that's the true ending for me. Yeah. If this show never came back, it's a great ending. It works, but it works on both levels. So I I agree. I totally agree with that, and I, at the same time, I'm totally happy with if it were to end. That's yeah. a great ending. I want Laura yeah. to have a happy ending, but it comes close to happy ending in the sense that at least she has Cooper by her side. We've had the whole dream world in in the original series, mm-hmm. and you had Cooper trying to save save her or at least solve the mystery, and then in Firewalk with Me, yeah. he's there to say don't take the ring, and he's there at the end with the angels, and then for them to both be physical beings and be there together. Uh, unsure of where they're going or who they are or what's happening, but they're there together. I mean, in that sense, you couldn't ask for a better ending. Yeah, I think it's cool because yet again we're ending with Laura and Cooper. It goes back to Laura and Cooper. Yes. Firewalk me ended that way, and 
Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's very satisfying to see them together. It was so confusing that first time. It was like, what year is it? And I was like, what the yeah, hell did right. I just see? But yeah. by the third time, I was like, oh, I got it. I didn't re- I didn't hear that was Sarah Palmer saying Laura. My wife My f- missed it, too. Yeah, the first I time I was right like, away. what? I heard it right away, and I was like, whoa. And then, you know. And the lights go out. So yes, I was just going to yes, say that. Yes, yeah. Gonna, so it's like, not only that, it's almost like the jig is up. Like, uh-huh. like, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Tremons who live there, who could actually be spirits, you know, related to the grandmother and the grandson. Maybe, Maybe. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, she knows, and they're scre- she's screaming, and then they're kind of like, okay, the, the jig house is up. goes black. The whole time, Laura's... To me, she looks very op- apprehensive and very like this could break any moment. Yes. And interesting enough, for people who don't know, the woman who answers the door is the real person who owns that house. Yeah, we met them, yeah, and her awesome? husband was the one mumbling behind the door. Oh. And uh, we knew they were going to be in the show yeah. somehow, somewhere. They didn't. They couldn't say what. And so we actually visited the Palmer House when we were at the uh, yes. uh, this Twin Peaks festival. We got to go in Laura's room. We had to go in Laura's room. We saw the, the axe. Room. Yes. So the axe from Firewalk with me. Right. They left it in the basement, and then when the the people the crew left it, right? the crew they left it, it, and then they moved in. They said, "Do you guys want this back?" And they said, "No, you guys can keep it." So when people do the tour, they Where's have the axe. axe? axe. <laughs> the axe is right there on the yeah. floor. Um, the fan, we saw the fan, we saw Laura's room, we saw, we actually saw the TV that Sarah Palmer is watching in this season. Yes. It is massive. Yes. And there's a cool thing on Facebook, which it is, um, it, uh, the, 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 the woman who owns the house, I can't think of her name now. I believe it's Mary. It's I'm, I'm Mary, yeah. She has a picture of herself in front of her TV oh, with herself. Yeah, very cool. It's they very did a great cool. job. They did a wonderful job. I think we're going to have John Thorne on. Yeah, John Thorne's going to come on. We'll get to talk to him a little bit. I know he's been doing the circuit. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's yeah. been on Entertainment Weekly's podcast. Uh, yeah, he's been all over the place. And I know he's busy with the Blue Rose magazine, but I think he's going to give us a little bit of time to talk about this. So why don't we talk to him? So, John, I want to ask you... What was your reaction? Your first reaction to seeing uh, the end of uh, Twin Peaks here? Yeah, my first reactions. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, let's see. I mean, uh, the first hour was really intense, and you know, sort of that that dramatic buildup and that confrontation, and my heart was was beating. Um. And so, so you know, there was a lot of that excitement, and then release in uh the first hour right and then the second hour which i mean sort of started near the end of the first hour when cooper goes back into past and starts to alter history and then gets laura and loses laura and then is off on a a different kind of journey um those that was like watching the hall and dry uh (laughs) yeah and I, i i recall the the uh I recall the experience of watching Mulholland Drive where you're you're suddenly very disoriented and you're attempting to find your balance again and put the pieces together, uh, you know, really trying to grasp at the narrative to try to understand what's happening. And, you know, with Mulholland Drive coming out uncertain and then coming out of Twin Peaks, you know, certainly unsure of what just happened. And, and that was okay 
that was okay with me. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't surprised. I, I think I tweeted this out. I'm not surprised by this surprising ending because I expected Lynch to do something like this. I, you know, I couldn't have predicted it, but something that was going to challenge our notion of the whole narrative and the character's place in the narrative. So that's what he did. And <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. From from I mean I mean it's over but it's not over I mean there's, there's yeah. so much more now to start to piece together to me it feels it. so much like a cliffhanger like like a season finale cliffhanger than a series finale you know like I want to believe does uh, does Frost and Lynch know something we don't know you know that was very interesting and in some ways it was almost a brilliant way I don't think there's going to be more or I will say that when they completed this they they weren't like okay well then we'll you know we'll pick it up again it was mm. the intent wasn't there to revisit it, to complete it. Um, I believe Lynch felt it was a complete work. The brilliance comes in in that he was able to essentially supply us with a cliffhanger, but in his mind it's a complete work. So for me, the challenge is to accept that it is a complete work and then to try to understand why it is a complete work. It's the same thing that happened with me with Mulholland Drive. I mentioned that, but also Firewalk with me. And as you know, we've talked about that a lot. I, yeah. I struggled with Firewalk with me for years and years, trying to make sense of particularly the first 30 minutes, but also later parts. And, and how does this really work? I mean, it, 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 seems, it seems open and it seems overly complex. And so I, I came to have an understanding about Firewalk with me over a great deal of time, felt very confident that it worked. Um, I think that will happen with this new show but it's gonna for me anyway gonna take a long time yeah for me it kind of hurts my brain like they were seemed like they were leading up to things (laughs) you know they structured it we had this experiment and we have this glass box and we have all these things in place and like i don't even understand what mr c's plan was all along really i don't know what he was like was he meant to go to uh jack rabbit's uh, palace right there nearby like like i I don't understand what the heck he was even what his whole master plan was yeah you know that's a good question that's a really really good question um it's worth examining that he did say he wanted what was on that Ace of Spades, and right. uh, we also know that that same uh, image was on Major Briggs's note, and also on Hawk's map. That's so, true. Plus, so so the idea, at least in my mind, was whatever that whatever that was. Yeah, and I think I know what it was. Uh, was accessible through some portal near Twin Peaks. The map and Briggs, Jack Rabbit's place, and all yeah, of that right. seemed to point toward that would be the place. I think that that thing that he wanted was experiment. Yeah. The, the creature that we've seen now really three times, which the, the box, the part eight, and then I think Andy saw yeah. uh, saw it in his vision. So that's what I think he wanted. Now, the giant diverted him. He got in, and the giant diverted him to the sheriff's station, which I think ultimately the giant had positioned a number of, you know, particularly he had positioned Freddie Sykes, I think, there, yes. uh, so that Mr. C would, would fail. Bob would essentially be defeated, and and then that would prevent Mr. C from going any further. So that's a weird thing that happened there, because the giant essentially rerouted him, right? Yes. It looked like, oh, yeah. Where did, where did it, it was the Palmer house. At first, right? He did, like, 
He was looking at it at I, one I, point, but I don't – I mean, I think he was – right. it was like a slide presentation and he was going through things. And he, yeah, and at the time, Mr. C's in like a jail. And right, and then he puts him at the sheriff's station. You know, the, the giant uh, seems to be, you know, the, the one who's, who has some control over how things are going. And he prevented Mr. C, I think, from getting to the Palmer house. So what was at the Palmer house? Well, Sarah uh. Palmer with whatever was in her. And I guess there's some way you could say she was experiment. Experiment had somehow, you know, got into her. I don't know. And I just... You know, my, my theories now are from one viewing. I've only seen it one right. time, and, and that's on purpose. I, I know a lot of people have seen it multiple times, and I will see it over and over again, but it was like a really strong flavor. You yeah. could only taste a little bit of it, right. and then I needed to I need to wait before I go back to it. It's, it was too overwhelming to view again soon now john i'm, I'm completely with you anyway. too i mean I, i'm i'm right there with you um brian watched it three times over meaning that he watched it six hours of re-watching wow. i i don't yeah he was pumped for it but it was funny i said to everybody he's like yeah i think i'll rewatch it and then instead i went to twitter and and social media and just kind of and texted right. people and i just wanted to get a sense of what other people were feeling and that's what i did that evening instead of really re-watching and now i've kind of like i have a dvr and i have streaming so i watch little pieces just to get, remind myself yes. of stuff. But I haven't like gone in and watched it fully again. Same here. I did the exact same thing. I've been on a lot of stuff on the internet and getting a sense. It's interesting to see how theories are evolving over the days. Some, some people are you know, tending to go one way and then there's some you know, push another way. Or That's the resonance of this work is that it's, it's making us think and expand our thoughts and think new theories. And think Definitely. Expand yeah, I, I encompass it all. Um, and yeah, I was going to say I, with the fireman there, I feel like he orchestrated a lot of it. He also, of course, he orchestrated also Andy. And I feel like that whole thing with Andy moving the chair for Mr. C to yeah. get him a chair. I feel like he put that there purposely to then orchestrate Lucy. I feel like he he actually kind of rounded everybody up to to be in the right place at the yeah. right time. Yes, I mean Andy was a key player. He, Andy got um, NATO into the jail. So that NATO would be safe, uh, you would you would think that what what would have happened if they had not gone to Jack Rabbit's place, NATO would have been laying in the ground, and Mr. Uh, C would have found her. Right. And so they were able to retrieve her. Andy knew that she needed to be protected, so they put her in the jail. And then, of course, Freddie Sykes had been contacted by the Giants. Yeah. And. Um, I would say maneuvered in a way that he ended up in the jail as well. So you've got NATO, Andy, and Freddie there, and there all the pieces are in place to make it harder for Mr. C to maybe get what he wanted. And, and that's with part 17. The real confusing stuff happens <laughs> later. There's, there's people I'm reading that think that Cooper changed history. I mean, he, he seems to me like he was about to change history where he was in Firewalk With Me time and talked with Laura and took her by the hand. but I And then she kind of disappeared. So I don't feel like she... I feel like she still died and still wasn't wrapped in plastic and, and all this stuff still happened. What is, what is your feeling about that? I don't know yet. I was reading that as potentially Laura never, Laura disappeared. Uh, obviously, they never found the body, but uh, the trauma of her disappearance would have still 
resonated. It still would have been a mystery. There still would have, you know, who, where, where did she go? What happened to her? And it would have impacted the town in a similar way as her death. It would yeah. have been her disappearance. And, and so many of the plot lines could conceivably have gone in the same direction. For me, I'm still thinking that she did actually still get murdered and she still get wrapped in plastic because, I mean, they, they showed Pete Martell going fishing, but then they go back to Cooper and Laura and that's when he loses her. And I feel like if he had kept on bringing her, which he said he was going to bring her home, whatever that meant, but he seemed like mm-hmm. he was leading mm-hmm. her away. And if he maybe succeeded in doing that, I felt like, well, that would have been the timeline. But I mean, it is, it's, I mean, that's a great, I guess that's the great thing about the show. You don't know. I mean, it's not, <laughs> clear. <laughs> what bothers me now is that Laura was taken by Cooper before she meets up with Ronette and Leo and, and Jacques. And yeah. then, of course, kidnapped and brought to the train car. And in Firewalk with me, we come to understand that Laura triumphs, I think. Right. She is not afraid anymore of Bob. She won't let Bob take him. She puts the the ring on, which essentially prevents them from getting her. Uh, and she sees her angels. And so there is a reading, anyway, that Laura was triumphant. Laura succeeded. Laura beat her demons. Laura felt she was a worthy being. That was all removed. If, 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 if Cooper takes her away and yes. she disappears, she never had that. Right. She never had that happened to her. So then I wonder what happened to Laura at that point. She disappeared. Did she, like you say, maybe she didn't, maybe she ended up, all of that still happened, right? She right. ended up dying. Or was was something more significant changed at that point? Did she go somewhere else and experience something else? I don't know. I have to, again, I'll be watching it over and over to try to map out some of these things. But it, it, it it's curious to me that Lynch would have perhaps rejected that ending a fire walk with me that he something I think he was he was pleased with and yes. something that he worked hard to get to and then he's throwing it away. What is your whole overall experience felt like to be able to have the summer of Twin Peaks? Oh well I mean this has been a great summer. I feel there'll never be another summer of T V like this for me. I mean the anticipation every week and yeah. the build up and the excitement and seeing it play out over the week having people talk about it. You know, people will continue to talk about it, but I'm happy with the, with the overall 18 hours. It will take a long time. I keep coming back to saying that, but I mean, I think it's important to say it will take a long time for us to wrap our hands and our brains around this full work. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, so now it's, now it's a different thing. Now it's no longer a weekly installment, you know, and we're seeing, the pieces, but not the whole thing. Now we have the whole thing, and we have control yeah. over how we watch it. We can watch it not only in large chunks, but we can watch it, if we want, out of order. I've done this on Twitter, and, and I don't have any fully worked out theories yet, but I'm wondering if some of action, some of the events that happened in Part 18 actually happened earlier and part 18 can almost be watched first. Huh. The first draft theories that I have not had time in any way to polish or, or think through. But if we watch part 18 first and then we go in straight into part one, we have the giant sitting there talking to Cooper and he would say, remember, 
four three zero, Richard and Linda, right? Two birds with one stone. And we would watching that, we would have said, "Okay, I just saw that." So <laughs> I know what he's talking. I know right. what he's talking about. And Cooper says, "I understand." So to me, it's almost as if that Cooper. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I remember that. My first reading, and I think everybody's reading, of the giant saying, remember these things, he's saying, here's something brand new you need to remember. Yeah. And 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 now I'm wondering if he's saying, okay, look, remember those things? You, you know, almost yeah. asking him or, or telling him you've got to remember these important things that happened to you in the past. And Cooper's like, yeah, I understand. And then he disappears. I am wondering if that Cooper who disappeared is the Cooper that is superimposed over the final events in, in the uh, in the sheriff's station. Yeah, in 17 years. And when I and when I saw that face appear, I thought that's the Cooper from the first scene. Wow, that's the Cooper who has now come back. So does that essentially somehow end the story there? If we were to make it, we remove the eight part 18 around to the beginning and watch it does it does it make it does it give it a happier ending does it or maybe does it say this, yeah. this, you know this these events here are really where we want to stop i don't know i keep trying to like wrestle with it to me it feels like it feels like the series didn't complete itself like i kept on wrestling with that where like oh he, there's so many different things so many different threads and the only thing I keep coming back to, it feels like every single part has this whole idea of home, which to me, home is about being yeah. a comfort, love, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a, yeah, a secure, safe environment. And I, but it's like Dougie says it, and 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah, I even think about Wally coming back, and you know, oh, this is my right. room and stuff. So there's like all these pieces, different- yeah. <laughs> the last thing we're left with is Carrie or Laura. I still think all she's right. Laura. She's gonna be brought to her home, and she can't be because Sarah. <laughs> not there right. so it's kind of like you can't yeah. go home you can't i don't know I, I keep wrestling with it i think you're on that's that's one of many many themes and um uh, ideas that this show explores and that's the beauty of twin peaks this twin peaks did not say it's about this one thing there are layers upon layers of ideas and abstractions and themes that are incorporated into this work. It's 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 not just one thing. It's all these many things commingling and yeah. and supporting one another. So yes, I think you're absolutely right. It's about the value of home or the inability to go home or trying to redefine what home really is. But then of course there's so many other other things that it's it's about aging, it's about loss. It's about in some ways it's about kindness. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, um, so there's, there's there's a lot. There's 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 so much to unpack. I mean, just today I texted you. Somebody online pointed out the Orpheus myth. Uh, Robert Wolf, give him a, a shout out. Pointed it out to me, and then I looked up more about it. And of course, the, the story of Orpheus is that he goes into the land of the dead to save his wife, and he leads her out by the hand, but he can't look back. And if he looks back, she's lost, and he does at some point look back, and she's pulled back into the land of the dead. Well, that's yeah. almost exactly what happened. Right. Um, in effect, Cooper went to find a dead girl, even though she was alive when he found her in the past. In, in, you know, as far as we're concerned, Laura's dead, and he went back and he tried to lead her out. Yeah. And he turned back, and she was 
whisked away. So there's that myth. And then, of course, there's, you know, someone pointed out to me today how Odessa, the town in, in Texas that features prominently at the end, essentially the word Odyssey. And then there's the story of the Odyssey and how it parallels some of what happened in that myth as well. So I don't know enough about it to talk intelligently, but what all these things are incorporated into Twin Peaks, and they all allow us to see it in a different way and give us a lot to research and, and, and reconfigure it in our mind. Definitely. Yeah, and you know what's strange is that so 17 and 18 to me mirror each other. You have Cooper taking uh, Laura by the hand in 17, and then we get to 18 with the whole Palmer house, and Cooper is is taking her by the hand. And in both times, we have Sarah moaning. You know, in 17, we have a cut to inside the house with Sarah moaning and mm-hmm. smashing the pitcher. And then in 18, we hear that at the end, Sarah. Right. And then we have Laura screaming in both 17 and 18. So it's there's something yeah. going on here. It's weird. It's like a mirror of them. I, like Cooper's yeah. trying twice <laughs> to, to make, resolve this. Twice. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that Cooper, and maybe Cooper is, uh, and then this gets to the myth of Sisyphus, who always has to push the rock up the hill, but he can never hmm. get it to the top, and it rolls back down again. Yeah. I mean, do we have that mythology, too, where Cooper tries and tries and tries to save Laura, but it's impossible to do. It's an yeah. impossible task. He could never do it. Um, and so... And Jeffrey's, you know, at the teapot, Jeffrey's de- makes an eight, which I was saying to, to Brian that it's like the in- infinity sign or something. Like yes. Maybe we're just going in a loop over and over again here. Oh, I think I think there's a lot to that. But the other interesting thing about that, you mentioned the idea of the, the mirror, you know, one mirroring the other. Yes. Jeffrey creates the eight, and then, of course, a little round sphere or ball. Yeah, or black ball, ball or something, it's, yeah. It's, it's inside the eight, but then the eight pivots completely around on its, I guess it's on its y-axis. It completely pivots around, and the ball is now positioned on the opposite side, which is huh. a mirror image wow. of what it was. So there's this implication of mirroring. Mm. And of course, you know, the show has also always dealt with mirrors in, yes. in some way. I mean, we know Josie starts the show with a mirror and Cooper ends the show with a mirror. Right. The original series. And Laura sees her mirrored reflection uh, in, in Firewalk with Me when she goes up to the roadhouse. I mean, all of those things are vitally important to the idea of, of an opposite or something that looks like what it should be, but it's different. And so anyway... It's kind of a clumsy way, but it's so. But it gets to what you were saying—the idea that maybe there it was a mirror universe in, mm. in some way. And then, again, I don't want to give it those simplistic definitions, but for the sake of conversation, we don't really have a choice. So, the mirroring has got me curious too. What, what, what we might see there? Yeah, that's something. Well, I think we're out of time. But I am I right okay. to say that uh, uh, the Blue Rose magazine has gone off to print? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, okay. We just wrote, you know, all this stuff. We didn't know where it was going. And so um, we attempted to uh, at least signal to our readers that we know Part 18 kind of shifts the ground underneath us. And it's still worth thinking about these episodes, uh, you know, the way we were thinking about them. Uh, I, I think it's, it's been very strong. I think it's a pretty good issue. I'm, I'm very happy with it. 
So yes, it's off to press. Awesome, that's so cool. And you've been you've been doing the circuit. I mean, you've been all over the place. I know you were on Entertainment Weekly's uh, podcast. I th- where else? <laughs> you were, where else? You've been a few different places. I think. Uh, Twenty five years later, site had that's an right. interview with me. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Entertainment Weekly was uh, was really really very nice because uh, I think I reached um, a big audience uh, there. I know my sales for my book, uh, you know went up and awesome. I think sales for the magazine went up. So we reached some people who may not have known. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like the guys at entertainment weekly. Uh, they're, they're not just trying to, you know, talk about twin peaks cause it's a fad. They're very, very into it. They oh really yeah. Take it they're seriously. fans. And, yeah. They're fans. And just like, uh, you know, you and Brian and, and then Scott and Josh and then the guys in the 25 years later site. And, I, I know I'm missing uh, the Diane podcast. And, oh, there's so many of them. And I apologize because I know there's dozens of other really, really good resources out there. Everyone's thinking about it and taking it seriously and wanting to, to you know, grapple with it. And I love that. I just love it. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. We've got a great community. I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed uh, you being on the show, so the EW show there. So uh, that was awesome. Oh, and thanks. I'm sure you'll yeah. be. I'm sure you'll be involved in a lot of other things over over time with <laughs> with Twin Peaks here. And uh, oh, it's exciting times. I was happy with the way it ended. I, I really was happy that it was it was so open because had it concluded with a little more definitiveness, then it, it doesn't have the same afterlife. You know, as good of a show as Breaking Bad is, and I love it. It has yeah. a very conclusive ending. The piece is a whole different thing. Um, it was ambiguous throughout, but in the ending itself, leaves so much open. We, it allows us. You'll be doing podcasts for years to come. <laughs> uh, we'll be writing. I'll be thinking right. about. It. And I felt like it just added all this fuel to the interest in Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. We're going to be able to talk about it. People are going to come up with new ideas and say, well, I, you know, I just thought of this. What about this? And, and take it down a path. And all of that, it enriches the work. And uh, I think there's nothing else like Twin Peaks. I'm glad it ended the way it did. I, I love it, and I, w- I, wish, I wish we had more. You know, I wish we could get more. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, thank you, John. Can you t- tell people yes. how can they uh, follow you? Tell them, mention your sure. book, and mention, of course, the Blue Rose Magazine. Blue Rose Magazine. It's the, the bluerosemag.com. You can. There's three issues now out. You can subscribe and find out all about it there. Uh, my book, The Essential Wraps in Plastic, on Amazon. You can get it there, and then follow me uh, on Twitter at. Thanks, John Thorne, for being on today's show. I'm sorry I couldn't be part of it. I, uh, With podcast magic, I had to step out and go to work. <laughs> and now I'm back from work. Um, but I'm sure John had some awesome insight. And Blue Rose Magazine, issue three, coming out soon. Yeah. And it's going to have some John Thorne's... Um, Specialty guide. Yeah. Know, yeah, I think the first ten... Parts he's going to be focused on, but I know that he he was going to look it over again after the series. So very special, very special. So I do have one bit of um, community feedback. We're on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, The show gets posted on YouTube when it goes out onto Podbean. So if you're one of part of the YouTube community, we appreciate all the feedback you give us. Um, But this is an email we just got on September 5th from Stuart. Stuart says. Theory. Spoilers. Just finished season three. I have not read the book, so I need you guys to help me out here. 
but I have a theory that perhaps this book takes place within the alternative universe that Cooper and Diane enter. With the alternative Odella, Palm, Laura, Palmer, Cooper as Richard. That may explain the inconsistencies. I would greatly appreciate if you guys can confirm or deny if these things may add up. That was a good question for you, Ben. Yeah, so there's no mention of Richard or Linda in the uh, Secret History of Twin Peaks. But there's definitely, we've all talked about who've read the book, could this be an alternate universe? I mean, there's definitely talk about that. I want to believe that it's, uh, that the the documents have been doctored, that they're frauds, maybe. But yeah, it, there's one theory, there's definitely theories out there that this could be an alternate universe, and mm. it's quite possible Richard, Richard and Linda live in this world and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that's mostly focused to the Twin Peaks part. I mean, definitely there's some changed history in the in the parts where, where that focus on the characters of Twin Peaks. So I think that's quite possible, and we might learn more through the final dossier yes. that's coming out in October by Mark Frost. Go read The Secret History of Twin Peaks, and the final dossier comes out in October. Um, yeah, and I, I want to reread it. There's definitely things in there that I feel could could help out with the series. I really do love the whole government and and the whole uh, Trinity experiment, which seems is the same bomb mm-hmm. that lets loose the experiment or, or is part of that whole thing. So I, it's, I like to reread it, and I still think there's these rituals going on in the deserts that seem to let out this Antichrist. So I think that's a fascinating thing, and that's only a small part of the book, mm-hmm. but there's definitely some nuggets in there that could link to this, the new series. And a lot more of the ring... Yeah, the ring seemed to have traveled uh, throughout oh, history. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's a fascinating book. So definitely read it if you can and be prepared for that final dossier. Yeah, and talking about changing history or, or, or altered history, or, there's that whole that whole scene with Firewalk With Me in the, in, what is it? I guess we're still in 17 there. Mm-hmm. I love how there's this exchange between James and Laura, and then she screams. And that was in the original Firewalk With yes. Me. And I always thought, well, maybe that's Bob, or maybe that's Leland kind of spying on them. But I love how they twisted it to be Laura freaked out seeing Cooper. Yes, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, that's wow, great, they tied that in. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch anyways. but yeah. how, how did you feel real quickly when they briefly had that other actress playing Laura? It was another actress? It was another actress. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if uh, it wasn't, Cheryl Lee had makeup on. No, it wasn't her. Because she looked pretty good. I she mean, did. She wasn't perfect, but she, 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 there was some mannerisms that I felt were similar to Laura Palmer. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't Cheryl Lee. It was, um, there was this other actress who was listed, and a lot of people were saying she's a dead ringer for Laura Palmer. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, well, David Lynch would never have someone else play Laura Palmer. Uh, but if it had cut to an older-looking Cheryl Lee... With makeup on, yeah. it might have really taken us out. It didn't take me out at all. Right. I knew it was someone else, and it didn't bother me. And I love that, like, so you have that whole jumping off of James's bike, and she runs into the woods, and we never really see. It. The next thing we see is her, I think, meeting up with Leo and the gang. And yeah. I love that you kind of get a little story in between that. It's- you cannot change that past. I love that. The payoff was great. There are loose ends we'd all like to see from the series. Audrey being one of them. I really want yeah, to know more about Audrey. Definitely. Is she the ultimate? Is she, are we all living in her dream? <laughs> I mean, what's going on with Audrey? Right. And, and how is she connected to the Roadhouse? I, I wonder if there was more filmed with her. I also wonder if there was more filmed with Shelly and Bobby. Bobby seems out of place when he shows up. He's like, mm. what's going on here? 
But you went to Jack Rabbits. You like I don't know. Bobby seems out of sorts. Yeah. Like Bobby's character just wake up from a long dream or something. <laughs> like he seems just kind of like, ah, I don't know what's well, going on. There's a lot of people in Frank uh, Truman's <laughs> office. Like hey, there is a lot of people. Place got really big. And there's other stories that I'm sure we all would have liked to see um, a more of. I do like the fact that we got a little payoff on Lucy. I understand how cell phones work That's now. Nice. I know, because so, I think so many of us were like... I was aggravated by you that. Were, I remember you didn't like I that. I thought it was right. stupid. Like, she's not dumb. Yeah. I don't think Lucy's character is dumb. I think she's a strong woman, and I think she's she capable is. of understanding what a cell phone is. Yes. That's what blew my mind. Yeah. It's just like, she's been living for 25 years, and she doesn't understand... Like, these last 25 years, we haven't seen her, but she doesn't understand cell phones? I'm like... Right. I, you know, I think I, I already said this too, but I, in the missing pieces uh, of Firewalk with me, there was a whole scene where she was using the intercom and she was talking to Andy and I think uh, Harry Truman, and Andy comes upstairs and it freaks her out too because she yes, thinks I, she's talking yeah. to Andy. So it's not like I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is uh, this is so out of character for Lucy, but like this is stuff they were thinking about twenty five years ago. But it is good to know that it was a payoff. There was yes, a reason, there was a payoff. There was a reason why they were setting setting that up. And then. She's talking to the real Cooper, but we have the fake Cooper in Truman's office. And she's just like, no, this is really important. I understand cell phones now. Like, I thought that was a good payoff. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. I did. And, like, what I'm saying is Lucy's naive. She's kind of sheltered. But by the end of season two of the original series, she 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 can hold her own. I don't find her to be this airhead or anything right. I, I find her to be like she just who she is um so i thought that cell phone scene was a little to me out of character but now that we had to pay off so i enjoy it i think this show really aggravated people in the beginning but when the for me personally when those payoffs happened it you understand why i, I understand and i liked yeah. it yeah the, i think because it's an 18 hour movie it's so hard. Yes. To uh, under you got to wait for that payoff. The payoff is not like a normal structured show where the payoff would be forty five minutes. This is like sixteen hours later. There's the payoff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh man. So this is our last show that we're ever gonna do, right? We're done with Twin Peaks Unwrapped. <laughs> It was good. We, we've enjoyed talking with you guys. Yeah, yeah. We'll Brian, see you. Never. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> ben, no, uh, uh, our plans are going to go weekly to the end of the year. And next year, we'll just see. We'll probably go weekly as long as we can. Yeah, right? we'll see where we go from there. We'll reevaluate. Yeah. I feel like right now we're really hoping to get a lot of interviews. We, we're, we've got plans. We never like to say our plans until we've done the show, right? I, like, it's a curse. You don't say them. I know. There's times where like you say something and then like, oh, that didn't happen. So, But our plans are definitely to try and get some interviews weekly. That's what we like to do anyway. So we're hoping yeah. to get some cast and crew and ha- talk more about it. They can talk show. to us now. Yes. Which is really I know. cool. The NDA has lifted. Yay. Yay. NDA. <laughs> um, but if you have a comment, question, theory, or an idea for a guest, you can please... Email us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. And Ben, how is the Twitter going? Twitter is awesome. I, I, it's it's a great, great place for conversations and discussions. And, you know, 
I was actually in a subgroup too, where there was like kind of like our own group with uh, Ashmi from Showtime, and that mm-hmm. was really special. That Showtime set up like a Twitter group that was a private group where we got to kind of talk and have conversations. And we had no insider information. We had no inside information, but it was times where we 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 did have access to uh, pictures, yeah. so we could post every week. Yes, you were doing that. That's where you were getting pictures for uh, Facebook. You yep. were posting and stuff like that. So I want to say thank you to Ashmi from Showtime. Yeah, thank you. She is amazing. She gave. She was always there for us to support us in in yeah showtime did an amazing job of supporting the fans in the community and yes in allowing us to be part of the show you don't get that very often no not at all no no i don't hear about that anyways that no means. they reached out to us yep. showtime was like who are you we know what you do but who are you who are the other people involved who are, who's the other people in the community and it was great yeah it was so really thank great you, showtime thank you ashley yeah and you know what? We right now we've got our voicemail set up. Yes, we got a few which we're gonna bank until um, we're gonna do oh, our. Who knows? We might put some out here. Maybe I, Ben will I, do something. I won't know about it, but we'll see. For, some. Yeah, as, for now we're gonna have it up. So maybe we'll get it, put some out uh, weekly. We'll see how it goes. But if you would like to leave us a message, you can ask about questions. You can share your comments, your own theories, whatever you would like. Mm-hmm. Call us. At 866-8-UNWRAP, that's 866-886-9727. I'll say that again. It's 866-8-UNWRAP or 866-886-9727. And that phone number is prominently pinned to the top of our Twitter page. And it's actually on Twitter. It's on our Facebook. It's on our webpage. So you can find it there. And the show notes. Our show notes, just so people know, our show notes always has links to guests. It has links for us. And it has information about this, our theme song. A lot of people have been email. Where's that theme song from? How can I hear that theme song? Um, our show notes has everything you need. I don't think people know about show notes. Yeah. I think it's something people don't utilize. On iTunes... If you're listening to us on iTunes and you see our logo, you tap the logo, the logo disappears, and it gives you all the show notes. Nice. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Now you do. I learned something new. Yeah. <laughs> and we, so we also have our tea shop there. Yes, our tea public merch shop. Um, the Dougie t-shirt is now gone. No! Uh, uh, we have a couple new shirts in there. Also, we got a couple things pulled. I don't, oh, I, I don't really have much shit. of an update about that. Uh, I'm going to share it here. Uh, it's fine. We got a letter from T Public that we got some things pulled down. Can you say which ones got pulled? Well, for the lucky people who bought them previously, I can tell you that the starring Kyle McLaughlin got pulled. Wow. Twin Peaks Blue Rose Task Force got pulled. Ah. And our logo t shirt. No! I should have bought one. <laughs> Bino got one. Yeah, Bino did. And so did Josh from the Red Room podcast. Wow, that's really too bad. Yeah, so, I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. They're collectible items. Right. <laughs> so you might want to go check out the shop now. Make sure that nothing else gets cold. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Um, no, there's actually a couple more designs on there that are on sale as we speak for the next maybe day or two. I try to keep everybody updated we have new things going in, old things coming out. Right now, the Firewalk With Me stuff is still up that we've had up there for the last two weeks. I don't know how long that's going to be up there for, but you know, you can get 
T-shirts, coffee mugs, cell phone covers, wall art, stickers. It doesn't all have to be T-shirts. I mean, it, there's a variety of things up there. Yeah. So uh, go on there, support us. The money goes to us to support this venture of ours, and some of it goes to some of the artists that make it. Cool. Well, that is the show. We'll be back next week. So we'll see you next week. But it wasn't a dream. It was a place. Do you understand a place? Well, we dream lots of silly things when we... No, Aunt Em. This was a real, truly live place. And I remember that some of it wasn't very nice, but most of it was beautiful. But just the same, all I kept saying to everybody was, I want to go home. And they sent me home. <laughs> Doesn't anybody believe me? Of course we believe you, though. Oh, but anyway, Toto, we're home. Home. And this is my room. And you're all here. And I'm not going to leave here ever, ever again. Because I love you all. And, oh, Annie M., there's no place like home.